0: Welcome back to Balance Boldly, the podcast where we get bold about our balance and campaign to shake the shame that stunts our growth. I'm your host Nikita Bigpin, balance and relationship advisor for bold women in business and a few brave men. This season is brought to you by our power partner and season sponsor Spreaker.com. As a product of the product, the Balance Boldly podcast utilizes Spreaker's high quality tools to create host, distribute, and measure our show. With the use of their easy-to-use iOS and Android mobile apps, podcasters and internet radio show hosts are able to record and store their valuable content and share across multiple networks like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. For more information, visit Spreaker.com. Continuing in the theme and fashion of Season 2's Desperate Acts, I want to jump right in to what we all should take a little bit more stock in. And of course, I'm biased because it's coming from me, Um, but really focusing on what is throwing us off balance and how can we regain it? I think part of the reality, if you recognize my definition, for those of you who have been following, you know, my definition of balance is really your truth over your boundaries. That's really what it is. Um, Your truth is what you want and not just what you need. And then obviously your boundaries are the things that you are um, opening yourself up to as something you will and will not allow. That's the simplest way I can say that without going super deep into my whole balance equation that I'm always talking about. In order for us to regain our balance so we can maximize our potential, tap into our inner brilliance, and, and if you're in business or climbing the p- career ladder, so you can maximize your profit, you know, because money does matter and it's really important for us to have money so that we can help make the world go round and all the incredible ways we do that, right? But part of where I'm going today is really those deliberate moments that we either choose to have or not choose to have based on how we, we look at what we really want and what we need and being excruciatingly unapologetic about that. I have this whole, you know, I have a lot of mantras and affirmations and many of you already know that, but. I have this one that I was embracing since late 2016 where I really needed to be more unapologetic. Uh more unapologetic about everything that that I really wanted to deem as, you know, special time for myself or just the way and the reason behind why I do some certain things so later on in the episode we're going to talk to an incredible woman and we talk we touch on this a lot in terms of your deliberate moments and your deliberate actions that you know obviously outline and 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 highlight those moments to make those moments actually happen the actions that we take and one of the things that we talk about Quite deeply, so I won't go in too far, is something that I'm anchoring with this moment right now. The ultra achievers who are listening, you know, those people that are you're not just you know, you've passed high potential, which is great. You've definitely have been called by someone a high achiever, but you really truly are an ultra achiever, and by that I mean. You're someone who just doesn't really want to turn it off. Whatever whatever it is that you do, whatever you're working on, whether it's just a project at a time or an overall holistic um, opportunity for something, uh, your overall business idea, your overall um, global impact, your overall focus on your own career, whatever it is, you have a really difficult time turning it off. I consider myself an ultra achiever and I used to apologize for that. Like, tremendously. Like, I felt like I had to explain to people why I love what I do, because I'm always doing it. You know, I I get from family, friends, associates, uh, pro friends, you know, those professional people that kind of walked into your friendship life, but not necessarily, you know completely inviting them into your naked space right so you call them pro friends because there is a line that you have for them more so than other friends but all those people would always say Nikita when do you sleep you know when are you not working and I do for my own balance I take great care of myself I sleep I exercise I do what I need to I have time carved out for my family but even when it's time for a vacation I have a hard time not Taking work with me, even if it's mental work, I may not take my computer. I may not take a notebook, although that's hard for me. But sometimes, you know, if I'm really, really insistent, like my sister's wedding is coming up this summer and it's in the Dominican Republic. So I have to be really mindful of what I'm there for to really, you know, focus on her and don't on her on the day that is, is hers and her husband to be and the day before and the day after that we're there to really just sit back and relax. It's going to be hard for me not to take a notebook. I'll be completely honest, um, but I'm trying to not even consider packing one, um, but I still have my work with me in my mind, right? Like how many of you are listening to this right now and can completely relate to being at the spa, being on vacation, going to the beach with the kids, sitting at the restaurant with your loved one or whomever or whatever and not being able to turn it off. Like still thinking about, oh, you know what? I need to do this or I need to do that. I forgot to fax or I want to make sure I create this other layer or, oh, that's a great idea for this part of the program. You know, like it just won't go off. And for years, for decades, You had to apologize because people just thought you were a quote unquote workaholic and they would say that as if it was a bad thing. So I had to back up with myself and say, you know what, it's not a bad thing that I love what I do, no matter what part of the era of my life I'm living in, when I was a full-time clinician working in a hospital, whether I was a director of outcomes, whatever it was, whichever hat I was working in, I loved what I was doing at the time. I may not have loved all the people that I worked with. I may not have loved the political system that I had to work within, but I really valued my skill set. And if a great idea came to me, I did not necessarily want to have to, you know, Put it back into a folder or file cabinet in my brain to come back to it later. Sometimes I needed to stop and write it down or go to the computer and flush it out or whatever the case was, or just talk it out. You know, sometimes just over talking with the person you're with and they're like, Geez, do you talk about anything else? I'm like, Hmm. You know, not really. We can talk about you, but since you don't want to be open and honest and talk about you and you want to posture, let's just talk about the great work that I do. (laughs) And I can laugh about it now because it seems so ridiculous, but these things really do happen to all of us, right? And we have to choose whether or not that we will unapologetically embrace that those deliberate moments happen for a reason. Um, and it's a matter of course of whether or not they just become moments that you wish didn't happen and you want to find a way to, you know, turn it off or quiet it or push it, push it aside, or whether you want to embrace it and say, you know what, I'm going to deliberately carve out time for me to, you know, feel this creative space that I'm in right now and if it happens to be interrupting a dinner or whatever the case is but also on the other side of that being extremely mindful that if you are with other people right if I'm with my husband at a restaurant if I'm with my kids on a you know at an amusement park or whatever and we're somewhere where I need to give them my full presence then I need to deliberately Turn the volume either off or down on whatever that creative juju is that's happening, those thoughts, those ideas, because I need to focus on them deliberately and unapologetically focus on them without thinking in the back of my mind that constant tape that's playing saying, oh, but you really should be working on work or you really need to get that proposal out or, you know, whatever. I have to turn that off. So it works on both sides of the continuum. And before we get into the interview, I just want to give you guys just a couple of quick ideas of what you can do that are very small things, small actions, but you can do them deliberately with the intention of creating a memory, of really setting the tone for things, and maybe this will help you either turn down or turn up, depending on what your your challenges. Um, that volume that that's happening in the back of your mind when you're trying to figure out how you can really you know, make the moments that you're having and the actions that you're taking deliberate and completely unapologetic. And I know I'm overstating that word like 25 times, but I'm doing it on purpose. Um, so when you're with, let's say clients, um, whether you are in like a business development space, a VP space, uh, some space in your professional career and or your business where you have clients, Depending on what is okay for the politics of your company, and obviously take this with a grain of salt, um, you can do things like send them little thinking of you notes. I do it with my clients all the time. For those of you who don't know, you know we own Thigpro. My husband and I are partners at Thigpro Balance, a relationship management institute, which is a, a holistic global uh, growth and development company. So in short form, we do a lot of coaching, customized coaching, micro retreats, intensives, individualized coaching, all that kind of good stuff. And with that there's this very fine line that we have that we come across in our company because when I'm doing and I take a very few individual coaching clients most of our clients go directly through you know group programs and such but when I do that we have such um an amazing chemistry because I filter my clients I vet them they're typically referred by other clients And we have this this great relationship that definitely feels at times like it's crossing into this other space because I sit with my clients and they share with me openly and honestly all the things that are happening. So I don't feel like I need to always send them some formal, you know, email or a formal notes of, of thinking of you or thinks of that kind of thing. Although we will send that as, as well, depending on, you know, which program they come through in relationships, some things we kind of have that are, you know, automatically sent to them. So I'm not really talking about those, uh, you know, your nurture campaign. I'm not talking about the the business aspect of that. I'm talking about the things that you can do from your heart. With your head in mind, very deliberately for your clients. One of the things that I like to do is sometimes just send little love notes through SMS through text message where I'll just say, hey, so and so I'm thinking about you today because I am. I'm not making it up. I don't have it on a timer. It's just coming from my heart. And I'll say something specifically to them, sending you love, light, energy and positivity, or maybe I'll send them a link to, you know, a, a great episode I just heard from Ali Brown or uh, something from Lisa Nichols or, you know, Seth Golden or someone else that I follow. Right. You know, some influencer. Um, sometimes I will mail them a book. That really encouraged me. Maybe if it's in a relatable space, if I remembered from our last coaching session or maybe an email that they sent me in between that there was this additional thing that they were dealing with or someone in their family was dealing with, I may, you know, purchase a book from Amazon and send it on over to them. With a, a little note in it, or an e certificate, to something like that. But I'll do this because it's deliberate. It's not a part of a nurture campaign. It's not on autopilot through an autoresponder. It is really the the detailed difference in how I want to engage with my clients in a very different way than maybe the company itself. You know, our company has a whole campaign and, you know, biweekly emails and all kinds of different stuff. But this is just something different that I want to do because every single person that I work with matters to me in a a really um, intrinsic way is the best way that I can say that. So consider sending a message. And if SMS or text message isn't appropriate for, again, your your overall campaign for your company or politics or restrictions, then obviously don't break those rules. Maybe you have to send it through email. But I would also say go back to good old, you know, postal postal mail and send a handwritten note. Those things matter and they work. So from a client perspective you can create deliberate moments with things that are just not automated right automated makes things simple but also can take away from the head heart space Um, in, in some realms it can take away from that so maybe just once every six or eight weeks or something of that nature just do something personal for your clients with my friends I would consider and I do this with my best friend all the time. So I see her like every Sunday that I go to church, but we don't sit and talk shop and, you know, catch up on Sunday services. Hey, mama, you know, kiss, kiss, hug, hug. And, you know, a little bit of, you know, what's going on, but we don't really have sister moments there. Um, And then I have friends that I see maybe two or three times a year. But I would definitely say that if I'm in the hospital, I want you to call them. They are a part of my inner circle. And, you know, some associates and such that extend out of that, that we have really, really good relationships with. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll send a text message first because everyone in my in my life is very full in their days. I don't like to use the word busy, but they have very, very full days, very productive, high level, they're ripping and running days for themselves, for their families, for their clients, just like your friends and family members are, right? So what I try to do is send them a text message first, because that's how most of us communicate, um, and say, hey, do you want to take a quick, you know, virtual coffee break or tea break in the next hour like i usually give anywhere from 20 minutes to maybe an hour and a half notice i try not to make a big big deal about it by like pushing it off two or three days because that's not quite the same sometimes you can catch your friends more so in that last minute realm right so maybe at 8 o'clock, if I know that I'm going to have a break at 8.30 or 9, I may send um, my best friend a message and say, hey, you want to take coffee with me? And she obviously knows I'm not going to get to her house an hour away in that time. So she knows automatically that it's virtual. And we'll just do a phone call. If we can do video like Skype or Zoom or, or Google you know, Hangout or something, of course, that's great. But typically, keeping it simple, it's just a phone call anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, depending on what kind of real time we have. And we'll just catch up. How are the kids? What's going on? You know, that so and so get handle that bully issue that was happening in school. You know, whatever it is that, you know, from where we picked up last. Um, and I try not to do the talking. I really want to do the listening when I'm doing my little virtual teas, virtual coffees. And on the business end, I use that same thing. Like I do virtual teas and virtual coffees as well as more of a, a get to know you or to catch up with people that I haven't professional friends that I haven't talked to in a while um, or clients, which I call my partners that I haven't spoke to in a while but I started it with my friends and that's where it came from and just that very conversational space was um enough to set the tone so that we could feel like we're not losing touch you know every day you're growing or you're dying one of the two <laughs> one of the two things is happening for every single person on this earth and because of all the months that can go in between And, you know, you deliberately weren't able to talk to some of your friends and family members because of all that life had provided for you to make your day so full and let them go by so fast. So in order to help with that, I bridge that with my little virtual teas and virtual coffees. So that's just something to have over the phone again, FaceTime, whatever you want. And this pulls you off the social media. You know what? Tagging me in something because you thought about me because the video was relevant. That's great, Uh, especially if it's, you know, relevant to my life or my clients and that kind of thing, because for me, almost everything is really focused around my purpose and my impact and what I do. So I appreciate those moments. But that's not quite the same from a receptive level as you calling me and, and saying, hey, do you want to do tea? And even better, if we can do it in person, if you want to be in my area or I'm going to be in your area or whatever the case is. Um, but, you know, keeping traffic aside, I used to call these things traffic, traffic list teas. Um, just a phone call will do with a little bit of heads up notice. To make sure that you're not necessarily bombarding them with like, hey, I have time, so I'm just going to call you and see if you have time. That's why I started with a little text message heads up first, just to make sure that it was even in the, the window realm of possibilities. Because for many people, it's just not possible, right? Like they're so busy or it's just the worst time of the day for a break that it's it's not worth it um and they're able to say you know what this isn't good but if you're taking a break around 3 30 this afternoon or maybe tomorrow at the same time we can do it then so it's something to consider with your significant other i would definitely suggest that you really think about doing something a little bit out of the box for you know establishing a, a deliberate moment and being very unapologetic about it right help them with something, you know, for my husband, he's definitely the more domestic one out of the two of us. His mama raised him, right? Um, so he actually, you know, washes all the clothes and does the majority of the steaming and, and does all that stuff. So occasionally, I'll just jump in and say, hey, babe, you know, did you already see your clothes for tomorrow? Because I can do that for you. Um, he doesn't really like it when I touch the washing machine. So I don't necessarily offer that anymore, because he thinks I ruin all the clothes. But um, when it comes to steaming or you know obviously you know we handle the, the normal like making the bed and all that kind of stuff but for just little things like that I'll jump in and just take over a chore for him so that's you know that's the way I can add to his balance it can be a deliberate moment for me you know with an action that's really helping him and kind of offsetting the fact that maybe we were two ships passing in the night the last few days or whatever the case may be, or the last few weeks based on travel schedules the other thing that he will do for me more than I do for him, but he'll leave a glass of wine by my end table, um, my nightstand, because he knows that somewhere between 730 and 8 o'clock I'm coming to just power down. So he'll just have, you know, he might have put it there an hour and a half before because he knows that I'm going to need it. So he'll put it there, you know, with a little bit of a napkin, maybe a couple of Hershey kisses or some peanut cheese, my favorite chocolate, and just sit it there. And that little small thing means so much to me because i knew that he was thinking about it i also knew that he was paying attention to the kind of day that i might have been having and it's not always because of a bad day like i don't want wine because i'm having a bad day i want wine when i'm having a celebratory day too when we've just done something fantastic or made you know a really great impact in somebody's life so that's something else that you can consider just you know something small they don't drink wine that's okay sit their favorite, you know, ginger ale or water or whatever um, in a place that you know that they're going to see it and notice it. Um, Or a little love note on the mirror, you know, just things like that are really deliberate. And with our kids. Especially if your children are like, mine's are older, they're 16 and 20. So they're not necessarily running into my arms every day, right? Like they're not jumping in like, hey, mom, they're just like, hi, mom, like going to the phone, going to the computer, going to whatever. And so I make them sit at the dinner table or whatever the case is, or we're having a heart to heart, because someone messed up something. And I need to set them straight. So I would say, for a deliberate moment with your children, especially if they're a little older into adulthood, you know, young adulthood and beyond, is just surprise them with an unexpected text message or email or post, post a note, like a, an actual written hard cardstock card. That's simply just because. Like, I will send my daughter while she's in school in the middle of her crazy day and just say, I'm thinking about you and I love you to life. And that that might be the simplest thing. Or when she comes in and she's being her normal, you know, moody teenager self, I'll just grab her and hug her until so she's like, mom, 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 you know, she goes through that whole thing. And then finally she gives up and hugs back because it's unexpected, right? Like, you know, they're not necessarily in a stage of wanting to like climb and hug and kiss you unless something's wrong or it's Mother's Day. So, you know, I'll do that intentionally. So I would just encourage all of you to stop apologizing for everything. Be more unapologetic in those moments you have. And if you're really excited about the the work that you do or the projects that you're working on or the fact that you're in between all of that right now and you're just resting and trying to allow God to send you the messages that you're supposed to have so he can make sure that you're walking, you know, in in the lane that that you're supposed to, that you're destined to that's okay too. Don't apologize. Be more unapologetic. I will leave you um, with this rule that I have before we go to um, the, the, the interview. My rule is apologize only for the things that either do or might be perceived as actually harming someone. So if I bump into someone, I'm going to say I'm sorry. If I say something that could be perceived as harmful or offensive, I will apologize for that. But I won't apologize for living my life. I will no longer apologize for loving working and being okay with that or thinking about work or wanting to you know take a notebook to the beach with me or take clients to the beach and really enjoy that time with them and do it in a very non-traditional way I won't apologize for that so I encourage you for any of you ultra achievers out there that are challenged by that be more unapologetic and not only will it help you tap into your inner brilliance, and maximize your potential. If you are in business or climbing that career ladder, it will help you maximize your profit. This segment of Breaking Expectations is brought to you by Millennial Leadership, a global advising network powered by youadvise.me. Millennial Leadership is engaging today's leaders for career success one city at a time. Go to millennialleadership.uadvise.me for more information. Today, I want to continue with our Season 2 theme of Desperate Acts. You know, those things we do to stay out of those dry places that we secretly fear. And I have to admit that out of all of the hundreds of podcasts that I have ever done, and I've had some really amazing experts on... I am so excited for this one to be here today we have such great organic unfiltered completely uncensored energy and I'm really not sure where it comes from but I'm looking forward to sharing it with you regardless today we're going to have Jody Flynn and before I get into you know sharing a little bit about her amazing accomplishments because of course why else would she be on balance boldly if she didn't have something bold amazing and incredible to share? I have to say that I was on her show, Women Taking the Lead, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago or a couple of months at this point, and it was incredible synergy. We had such a good conversation, and she is a host that makes you feel at complete ease, which is really you know, not the easiest thing to do. For many people who have listened to interviews, you just think like, oh, it's just one person asking questions, the other one answering, it's supposed to be simple. But it's not always like that, especially when you're being interviewed by someone who's really skilled at the art of going in, getting under the covers, and really seeing what's there, and also understanding that you're dealing with someone who's able to ask you those questions and pull out your truth without you feeling exposed or violated or so vulnerable that you're not sure if you gave what you should have and you're kind of, you know, leading from a space of regret. She really is about women taking the lead and owning all that they are, which is a complete complement to today's kind of dive-in of the deliberate actions we take. Choosing what interviews you go on, choosing who you allow to interview you, choosing who you allow to coach you, all those things matter. And today, we get to continue the conversation that we had, because I will be adding the link to her podcast for the show that I was on at the bottom of this one as well, so you can see where that conversation began. I have to introduce you to Jodi Flynn. She is the founder of Women Taking the Lead, a podcast and community of ambitious entrepreneurial women who want to go big. She works with women who are already successful, but who've not yet achieved the level of success that they want to achieve. Jodi helps her clients set priorities, get organized, in action, and overcoming obstacles so they can achieve their biggest goals with ease. She became an Amazon best-selling author with the release of her book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. Jodi, welcome, girl! <laughs> Nikita,
1: is so great to be here with you, and yes, we have this like, it's synergy, I can't explain. So it's so fun to be here with you and I wanted to say thank you to your listeners for you know tuning in and spending some time with us. I always want the time people spend with me to be valuable. So that's our goal.
0: Absolutely. And I know they're gonna have a great time, you know, tuning in, listening and hopefully interacting with the comments and stuff at the bottom because that's what balance boldly women and men do all the time, right? Hint, hint. That's what you guys do. <laughs> So Jody, before we dive into some of the desperate acts and deliberate action, tell the people what you do when you are not being amazing and helping entrepreneurial women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I do in my free time, yeah. five minutes a day. Um, active in my business you know it's interesting where we're opening up with this because recently um I had a coffee date uh with someone in a networking group that I belong to Mm -hmm. and he started off you know our sit down with okay so you work a 100 hours a week what do you do for fun you know and that's a question I get a lot and it made me laugh but like recently it actually made me stop And wonder, am I not having enough fun? Like what do I like am I spending enough time on me? And Mm. you know, kind of my off the cuff answer to him was, I'm always having fun. (laughs) I'm you know, I bring the fun. (laughs) You know.
0: know, (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, and, and I do have this philosophy that, you know, if you're focused on doing things that you enjoy that you're interested in and intrigue you and you're engaged by you don't have to take as much time away to do things that are just fun don't get me wrong there there should be times where you spend away from work and all of that noodling but you don't need as much I remember when I worked in a job I didn't love and I craved time away you know mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get enough of downtime and free time and fun time but when you love what you're doing, You're kind of getting it in as you go along.
0: No, I completely agree. Um, And I'm sitting, of course, you don't see this huge smile plastered across my face, but I'm smiling because I get that from people in my circle all the time. Like, you're always working. I'm like, yeah, but work is my purpose. That's number one. It's the, the biggest accomplishment I will ever have across my grave when I'm no longer here. But it's also what I enjoy the most. I am really focused on empowering other people. And there are so many fun aspects to that. Some of my clients and I will take private trips to the beach for a day and do our session there. Listen, me near water with my feet in some sand, I'm okay. It's not a bad day at the office. <laughs> I'm right there with you. But I love how you said, What? I bring the fun. What are you talking about? <laughs> Exactly, I'm bringing it. What are you talking about, sir? Um, (laughs) But speaking of that, I mean, every day you take a deliberate action to do or not do. Something, right? You know, whatever it is that you, for your day of how it starts for your, I'm assuming your business day, not necessarily your off business day. And, you know, well, I'll include those as well, because I know for me, I'm sneaking in business stuff all the time because there's always something that I want to tweak or do or set up or send an email or I had someone top of mind and I just want to share a success tip or something. But when you decide in the morning and you wake up and rise before you put your feet on the floor, you've already decided. Deliberately, what's going to be the most important thing that you have to take care of today? You've also decided deliberately what you're probably going to put to the very bottom of the list, or that just might not happen today. And sometimes that's yourself, right? Like, uh, I am not exercising today, or you know, or whatever. Um, or sometimes it's the craving that you have of, you know what? I don't care what else happened. I'm eating a piece of chocolate cake today. Say what. Um, <laughs> But you think about it and you go in for that, you know, on one aspect or another, right? So what are some of the deliberate actions that you take every day?
1: Well, every day before I get out of bed, I'm I'm meditating. Mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time in my business, I knew I needed to be every day. was clear to me. Like, what do I need to do to be better at what I'm doing? I need to meditate. And it was hard to get into the practice of it. I'm not going to deny it, especially when you wake up on those days when you're like, I have so many deadlines today and I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit it all in and I'm probably not going to get to stop working before seven or eight o'clock tonight, even though it's already like five o'clock, you know, mm-hmm. it's five o'clock in the morning and you know, you've got a long, 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 long day ahead of you. You know, that's where I struggled, like making time to meditate. And now I'm at the point where I, I'm so clear on the benefits of it. And I'm so clear on a, what my day will look like if I don't meditate, that I I take at least five minutes just to just be present, be in my body. Mm -hmm. I just and I don't do anything complicated. Like I say a prayer, I, I focus on my breathing, I pay attention to the sensations that are going on in my body. And I find within minutes, my shoulders are starting to relax. I think that was eye opening too when I started meditating, realizing that I woke up with my shoulders already, like at my ears, Mm. like, you know, the day Mm -hmm. had already like centered on my brain and was already weighing on me. But with meditating, like I found like my posture improved, my breathing slowed down, I relaxed and it was, it was enjoyable, I guess is the best Mm -hmm. word I can think of right now to get out of bed first thing in the morning at the beginning of a busy day, already feeling relaxed. Like I got this. This is not going to be a problem. And so that's something I very deliberately do every day now. I don't skip a day no matter what the day looks like. And then there are things that just kind of get me into my day. Mm-hmm. I, you know, look at my stats. I look at my numbers. I'm a numbers person. I get motivated mm-hmm. by numbers, whether they're going down or they're going up. They mo- It motivates me. It gets me thinking about what do I want to do? You know, what do I want to focus on? Um, And and I'm looking at my calendar and my to-do list And just getting myself I think the big thing is Especially in the morning is mindset What mindset am I going to have today. That is very deliberate. The things that fall off the list, I hate to say it, but lately it's, it's been some emails. I'm like, okay, that person's just going to have to wait (laughs) another day, another day. They just, they just can get so overwhelming. I'm at a point in my business where I'm probably breaking record numbers for the amount of email that come in. So it's not like I'm not doing email. It's, you know, I'm doing a lot of email. It's just, you have to decide at some point, like when you're going to call it. And that's important. You have to deliberately decide at what point you're going to call your day because there's always going to be another thing that needs to get done.
0: Oh, you have said a word right there, sister. Oh, listen, we, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a pull back. I'm going to pull back because I wanted to say something. <laughs> We're going to be right back. We just want to give some honors to some of our amazing season and episode sponsors right here. This segment of Breaking Expectations is brought to you by Fresh Level Productions, a video marketing agency that helps you attract, engage, and convert prospects to clients all with the power of video. Visit FreshLevelPro.com to schedule a brainstorming session with a video marketing expert today. Welcome back to Balance Boldly. Uh, we were wrapping up with Jody Flynn, not wrapping up. She was really starting to, to rev up. I should say that. She was revving up talking about some of the things that she does in the morning to kind of start and spark her mindset in the right direction with literally meditating and relaxing her shoulders and her body and preparing her mind for everything that she has to tackle for the day, the good and the gray, I'll say that. And she was also talking about those, you know, that dreaded abundance of emails. We want abundance, but we don't necessarily want abundance and a lot of extra to-do tasks. As grateful as we are to be at a place in business when lots of emails are coming in. I mean, let's be honest, there are people who are not getting any emails because there's really nothing happening in that particular area of their business in terms of communicating with new prospects, new clients, current clients, vendors, re- building power partner relationships and all that other stuff. And we're really in a very good space to have it where you can actually say, whoa, my email is out of control and it not be a bunch of spam or troll email. And I'm sure that that's not what she's talking about. But Jody, when you mentioned um, having to be very clear with yourself at what time, and I'm gonna use your phrase uh, to call it, you know, when are you gonna call it? Like when are you gonna put the brakes on something? thing that was a perfect segue into the segment that I like to call breaking expectations which has a variety of meaning to it but for the purposes of this the way I'll tether it is when you're breaking the expectation of yourself to feel the need to continuously you know just kind of push 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 the needle when you really need to pause and give yourself a break which is obviously what you've been learning to do with yourself especially around things like emails because obviously they're coming in and it's a business so you definitely want to respond or have your assistants respond or whatever the case is um, to do it but one of the things I was thinking of when you were talking and right before commercial I was like oh Nikita shut it up don't you say nothing yet Um, one of my brain trust advisors uh, Bobby Foldish, who's incredible you and I talked about her on your show before She made such a good comment that I will forever hold on to and I actually use now in my business. And she says for anyone who wants a response, you know, a demanded response or a mandatory response before 24 hours, you need to be a client. You know, like your clients get top priority. So those are the emails that you're answering pretty much no matter what. And then obviously you've kind of filtered and tiered them based on, you know, where they're at in the contract process or the prospect process or in your giving process for your philanthropy side of your business and all those other things that you do. But the reality is you do have to prioritize or else those simple to do's, those other things you have to do, like, I don't know, eat go to the bathroom, wash your hair, they end up going like further and further and further down the list. And I'm sure that those are not the days that you want to bring back to your reality, like the dorm days, so to speak. So I love that you said that, especially around your emails. Um, And I have to ask you, you know, how do you feel about which, and it's okay if you totally disagree. I love that, you know, listen, you got to be a client if you want me to email you back before 24 to 48 hours. Um, especially with everything else I have going on. How do you feel about that?
1: I I completely agree. If you're not able to set priorities
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, or, or rank the order of importance of, you know, different things that are coming at you, then everything will be labeled urgent. Everything will be on fire. And everything will feel like it needs your attention all the time. And that's when you go into overwhelm. So there's nothing wrong with ranking the importance. You know, like we're using the example of email. Mm -hmm. But yes, clients definitely are at the top of the list. You know, colleagues that I work with regularly, they are at the top of the list. You know, and then lower down the list is is someone I don't know who's sending me a pitch. You know, it's like, it's not like I delete those emails. I do get to them. I'll usually carve out a day or a time where I'm like, okay, for this space, I'm going to go through these emails really quickly. I've set up a kind of a system in my own mind of how I vet these things. You know, it, it, it keeps sanity. It keeps order to your day and it keeps you from wasting time on things that are not important or urgent. You know, those emails are not urgent, but your clients who are paying you and who who, you know, will, you know, consider the ROI of your services. Yeah, they're important. You know, you need, you know, that's, that's where your money's coming in. You need to pay attention to that. And sometimes, you know, I have to remind myself, pay attention to the money-making activities, not just the ones Mm -hmm. that bring in money now, but the activities that are going to bring money in later. You know, when I was writing my book, I was carving out two or three hours a day over the summer too. Mm -hmm. I gave up a lot of my summer for that to to write and edit and rewrite all of that stuff it was not urgent but it was absolutely important and if i did not dedicate that time and push some lower you know lower ranked items off my to do list for that duration i would have never gotten the book out and and it has already proven to be really important in my business so yes you have to if you haven't yet rank the order of importance of things that are coming at you so that you're using your time wisely because it's very limited.
0: Right, no, I completely agree. And listeners, I hope that you hear what is saying. Um, especially for those of you, many of you, who either have a business now or even just contemplating making something that you're interested in more of a priority, so that it could be you know become your business or your focus at one point, whether it's a philanthropy side of yourself that wants to do it, you want to participate in some nonprofit, you want to volunteer more, or you just want to have your business scale and grow to a point that you don't necessarily necessarily have to feel kind of slave to the in the business activities that all of us had to start with, you know, before you could hire a team and have sufficient people and learn how to engage, train and retain them. You're the one who's really doing everything. And when that's happening, you really, truly, to use Jody's word, you have to rank it um, appropriately. That would be the best way to say that. And being really clear not to feel guilty about that, you know, like it's okay that I can't return the pitch email response, you know, it came in at 10 a.m. and it's six o'clock and I'm still doing some stuff and I just won't be able to get to it until two days later. It's OK. You know, just know where things are supposed to land, but also know the position that you play in that role. Are you in CEO mode, or are you in? Oh, I'm just going to respond and not have time to edit and check things and things are leaving your brand in a way that dep- doesn't represent you Because you were just trying to get things done And you weren't doing them to the best of your ability You know be mindful of that as well So Jody, thank you for that
1: Mm -hmm. And Nikita, you said something really interesting there too, where you brought up guilt. Mm -hmm. And I've been fascinated with guilt because my clients oftentimes will tell me, you know, they've they've experienced guilt and guilt keeps them stuck, you know, Mm. feeling bad and not able to move forward. And this is what I've come to understand about guilt. Guilt is an early warning system. Mm -hmm. And that is all. It's really an emotion that is designed to help you consider Did I make the right choice? And would I make that choice again? So I I would say for anyone who finds themselves feeling guilt about something, if you ask yourself the question, if I could go back, would I do the same thing over again? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, then you can let the guilt go. Because the guilt has served its purpose. You have reviewed what has been done yes you may not have felt a hundred percent great about it but own the decision and i think that's part of it too when we hold on to guilt we're not taking responsibility for the decisions that we make and we can't make everyone happy you Um, know we can't go ahead
0: no 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 i was i'm shaking my head like a bobblehead and i completely agree with you no continue absolutely
1: yeah so you know, if you, and this is the thing, guilt will keep us like just stuck because we can't move forward because we, we don't want to continue to make decisions that don't make everybody happy, but that's impossible. And I find, you know, that's where my clients will get stuck. They don't want to move forward. They don't want to take the actions because the last time they had to do it, they felt guilty about it. And, you know, if you can just make peace with the decision, make peace with the fact that it was the right thing for you to do at the time, you can't make everyone happy. You will find all of a sudden you're get you're achieving more, you're getting more accomplished, and you're but you're taking responsibility for it. You can own it and you can move on.
0: Now, I 100% agree with you. Um, and honestly, part of why we decided to kind of take this pivot. With the Balance Boldly podcast, because the previous one was Balance Beam. For many of the listeners that are, con- you know, continuing to be so awesome and follow us through our own evolution as a company, um, as a as a woman, as a host, and all those different things, I decided to really focus on this being about shaking the shame. And and guilt is one of those triggers that stick. You know, it starts all the yucky, ooky, gooey stuff kind of pouring, and then the shame makes it stick to you. For those very reasons, a lot of people don't look at what was the purpose. What was the reason that I felt guilty about that? action that i took or the action i didn't take what was the reason we don't necessarily kind of look in the rear view mirror to see what it was there for and to make sure that it's done now so we can move on it sticks to us and kind of creates this yucky-ucky filter that turns into a shame that literally covers us and smothers us and weighs us down and keeps us stuck and stunted from being able to grow and that's a lot of the stuff that i know because we do such an overlap of the way we we serve people i know that that's a lot of stuff stuff that you're helping people scrape off before you can even get to the real meat of, okay, let's make your business thrive now. Um, Uh Because otherwise they're still making the same mistakes because they're still covered in the yuck that won't allow them to see why it's important to infuse whatever the new transformational methods are that you're trying to help them with.
1: Yeah, and shame is a whole other sticky wicket. Like mm-hmm. we 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 think guilt is bad. Shame is a whole other thing because guilt, where um, guilt is about what we did, we we put it towards the action. Like right. I don't I don't like what I did just there. Shame is so much more personal mm-hmm. and imp- and and painful because what shame is saying is I don't like who I am. Yep. You know, um, and yes, there are there's all sorts of things, you know, to look at when it comes to shame. It's not easy. It's very powerful. It's very personal, you know. But one of the things that definitely triggers, you know, the shame game within us is the inner critic. You know, when we're about to do something new or scary or, or challenging that we haven't done before, the inner critic um, comes into play because it's a part of our brain that wants to keep us safe, but doesn't care if we're happy. And it's very, it can be very vicious and powerful, you know. So when you're ever you're about to do something new or bigger, you know that you haven't done before, the, the inner critic will come saying, "Who do you think you are? You're not good enough." You know, it's it says a lot of things, but it all boils down to you're not good enough. There's something wrong with you. So sometimes just recognizing that, okay, this got triggered because I'm I'm putting myself out on a limb. I'm doing something new and bold, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you start to live bold and you start allowing your yourself to be seen, like for people to see you to hear what you have to say. Your inner critic will go crazy, but if you can recognize it for what it is it will take some of the emotion out of it and you can go okay this is because i'm starting to live fully right i'm starting to be myself yeah go ahead Nikki.
0: no 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 i'm listen i'm in love with it because you are you're saying exactly what i'm thinking it's like you're inside my head looking through a mirror um you're 100... <laughs> that's why we get along i know right <laughs> you would say this back to yeah. <laughs> and I love it. You're you are a hundred percent on. I can't say anything, but yep, yep. <laughs> like <laughs> like a little Bible head because you are a hundred percent. Um, just speaking the truth that so many of us don't necessarily want to hear, Um, and some people just aren't ready to hear, but to highlight your point, you have to be in a space where you're willing to at least recognize what your triggers are. Um, And that, you know, kind of rounds out the whole deliberate action piece, right? Like when you, to your point uh, just a few seconds ago, when you're about to take a new bold action or just doing something different, you know, something that Uh, the world of change has called you to do in order for you to get a different result because we know that that's what you need to do if you don't want to live in an insane space of just doing the same thing and wanting a different result you know really activating a change when we do those things or stop doing some of the things that weren't helping us that were inhibitors to our growth there's this part of you that peeks up and says wait am i good enough am i ready should i could i I'm not sure. You know, all that stuff kind of happens and it's like a tape playing in the back of your mind and we all have to recognize, give it its respect, you know, recognize that it's there and say, okay, I hear you. Why am I hearing you? Why are you louder? You know, talk to yourself. Don't feel crazy. (laughs) Don't worry. Let me just tell you, you already are crazy, so you don't have to ask that question. If you are living in this world in the 2000s, you're already crazy because you're here. So you don't have to question, are you crazy? We are all already crazy. But now and it's whether or not this is something that you need to address at a deeper level. Is this take playing because it's trying to warn you of something, to Jody's point? with it being a a guilt trigger or is this something bigger that is icky, yucky, stucky that is like literally on you like covering and smothering all of your future actions. It's toxic to all of your relationships with your spouse, with yourself, with your children, with your nieces, with your nephews, with your neighbors. You know, like where is it and what position is it playing in your life? Or was it just something you needed to pay attention to and say, okay, I see you. I see the lesson in it. I see the blessing in it. And I also see where I should not repeat certain things um and just really respect that those deliberate actions that we want to take but are hesitant to take because of guilt or worse because of shame we often have to sit back and say what's going on here because if i do take it what could it lead to what's the worst thing that could happen i mean think in extremes i tell clients that all the time what is the worst thing that will happen if you don't finish the book what's the worst thing You know, like, look at it like that. Take the power away from it for a second. Um, And what's the best thing that could happen? What would be the most amazing thing if you became a bestseller with this book? Like, what what would be the outcome of that? You know, and that helps you for the point we were talking about a little bit earlier about ranking your priorities that helps you there, but it also helps you in the guilt area um, to everything, like literally, this is just a mirror back of what Jody was saying because that woman just said everything that I was thinking. So uh-huh. I don't want to repeat it. Um, you, you just were, you were yourself. You were incredible, like I expected you to be. So that was my expectations that I did not have to break of Jody Flynn. How about that? Um, <laughs> I so, mean it. So, Jody, tell everybody where they can get in touch with you um, to go a little bit further, to get a little bit deeper, and to learn more about everything you're doing with women taking the lead.
1: Yeah, my hub is is that. It's womentakingthelead.com. That's my site. That's where you'll find the podcast. There's also some links to find the book in Amazon. So, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. And also, I have the social media buttons right at the top of the website. So, if you want to connect with me on your favorite platform. And I'm always saying to people, I love when people reach out to me. I love hearing from you guys. I'm not kidding. You know, someone... <laughs> someone recently reached out to me and she had something going on so I was like hey let's let's jump on Skype and so we did and when we were there she was like oh my god I can't believe it I was like well I always say I'm you know if I have the time if I'm available like I'm gonna make the time and she's like yeah but everybody says that but you did it and I was like well I bet they would do it too if they're saying it they'll do it I think we just don't believe it um, and just one last thing I wanted to say um, Nikita just with the inner critic to kind of like you know wrap that up yeah. and bring it to a close because it is so powerful one thing I found that helps to get it under control because it needs something to to work on it, it, it needs a task so if you find you have a very strong inner critic you know come with the mentality with the attitude well this is you know I know I know you're questioning me I know you're getting on my back about this but this is happening how can I make it happen how can I be successful and guess what that energy that was coming at you and trying to t- tear you down will now help you figure
0: out how to get it done. No, I love that. It's literally challenging yourself and not running from it. It's challenging yeah. the question, challenging everything that could become an excuse, you know, that may have looked like it was a reason. And once you challenged it, you realize it was an excuse. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's a part of us. So we just have to figure out how to work it, you know, how to use it. It's just part of our machinery.
0: You better work yourself, girl. I know <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I have the strangest things that pop in my head At like random times uh-huh. <laughs> That was so awesome And Jody. before we go I want to know about Your unapologetic pause time Like when you just decide To take some time for yourself And pause what does that look like For you
1: Oh, you know, earlier you were talking about breaks and calling it, you know, a lot of times people have like time triggers yeah. for me. I, I pay attention to my body like, I, you know, and my mind, like I'll get to a point where I'm like, that's it. That's all you're getting out of me. I can't do anymore until I take a break. And for me, I I just try to think of like what I need in that moment. And sometimes that means sitting on the couch reading. Sometimes it means watching a YouTube video. And sometimes it means putting on my shoes and going out the door and just being out in the fresh air and going for a walk so I unapologetically do what I want in those moments I
0: know that's right hashtag that I do what I want I like it I think I think I'm gonna use it on the tag for this video <laughs> like hashtag I do what I want <laughs> that was so awesome thank you so much mo- so so much Jody, for being here I want you to stay right there and not go anywhere Thank you to our guest, Jody Flynn. And as always, thank you to our listeners. You guys show up every single week, and I am always so grateful and so honored that you are taking moments out of your day and allowing me to plant positive seeds in your life, your relationships, and your business. If you like what you hear, please subscribe rate, and share this podcast to help us ensure that bold and brave have access to valuable balance tools. That's you, the bold women in business and those few brave men who will admit that you can you could use a little help here and there in your balance department. And for those of you who are not already a member, come on over and join the Dreamers Blueprint community. It's a community of investors who have already decided to seed into themselves and balance boldly go to dreamersblueprint.com to get access thank you so much once again for Jody Flynn being amazing I always love to end every podcast with kind of a summary blend of some greatness that we shared and in short if you take nothing else away from this I want you to remember what Jody was saying recognize the triggers the guilt triggers, the shame triggers. Make sure that you're paying attention to them so you can begin to live your life boldly. Is it telling you to pay attention to something that was just a warning that you should listen to? Or is it telling you that you need to do something, a different action? Pay attention. But in order to do that, you have to recognize that there's a problem first. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Until then, set an intention, enjoy the balance of your day, and do it boldly.